Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome to another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxy. I'm your host, Neil McCready. Zach Barry, new dad, Zach Barry, back with us for his first uh, Soft Verbal Podcast as a dad. It's a huge moment in his life. This podcast, not the dad part. I mean, big deal, but the podcast, big deal. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to Zach in a moment. Uh, first, let me tell you that we are brought to you by Dead Soxy, and Dead Soxy, just like you, is disappointed in the Rebel season, but that doesn't mean you have to li- lose in the battle against sock slippage. Unlike their beloved Rebels, they don't lose, and with their patented technology to prevent both crew and no-show socks from slipping to their custom sock design program, Dead Soxy is always winning. Kickstart some positive vibes into your wardrobe. Head over to deadsoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Enter the code REBELGROVE at checkout for 30% off your entire order. And as always, stay soxy. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what new Ford product you're interested in. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's that simple. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove it to you. 662-257-1900. What's up, Dad? Oh, you know, uh, just relishing in the fact that uh, sleep has not been hard to come by so far. Two weeks in. Yeah. And um, all things uh, are great, healthy, happy, and um, hey, we get a get a game seven tonight. I know. Yeah, we're How about ta- that. I don't know when people are going to hear this. Maybe it'll be later today. Maybe it'll be tomorrow. But we're taping this. It's around noon on Wednesday, and uh, I was listening to MLB Radio Network a minute ago, and they were playing famous calls from game sevens in the past. And game seven's just awesome. I've already told my wife. I'm like Carson's staying up tonight. He might be super tired tomorrow, but we're going to let him stay up and watch Game 7 because Game 7s don't always happen. This is the third one in four years, but they don't always happen. Sometimes you get gaps of you know, non-competitive World Series, and, and this one's been a great series. First time in history that the road team has won all six games. It's uh, Wow. Yeah, first time in history. I was listening to an interview this morning. Uh, Luis Gonzalez and Mike Stanton were talking about the 2001 World Series, of course, the famous one right after 9-11. And uh, the home team won all seven games of that series. The Diamondbacks won in seven when uh, Luis Gonzalez got the hit off of Mariano Rivera. And, you know, it was such a dramatic series and stuff. And obviously this one, thank God, is not that dramatic because it hasn't been this big national thing. But um, you remember game sevens. You, you you don't always remember game two, but you remember game sevens and and they're fun and yeah it's a treat. I get excited. I mean I I woke up today and was kind of like 
seriously, and I really don't care about either team that much. And I woke up just kind of like giddy. I mean, as a baseball guy, I, I get a game seven tonight. It's cool. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. Uh, I, I did you think there'd be a game seven? No, I thought Houston, this year. I thought Houston would win in six. And I uh, was, yeah, I don't know if I. Th- this was, I guess, hoping. I was kind of hoping that the the Nash the Nationals would get it done in five. Just because it'd be a great story, you know, five or six. Sure, sure. But the Astros are just so damn good. They're they're such a good team. They I knew down two zero, they weren't going to roll over, and when they popped Washington early in Game Three, I said they're going to make this a series now. <laughs> they just are. They're, <laughs> they're that good, and and uh, and they did. And then last night when they jumped on Strasburg, I thought, well, it's going to end tonight. And then yeah, I did too. Strasburg. Hey, as I'll say this before I forget, as, you know, growing up an Ole Miss fan, being an alum, loving college baseball, I I tend to dislike LSU more than state in baseball. Um, And football, it's whatever. LSU is always, you know, really good. They've won won national titles, and they do in baseball too. But it is so hard for me to not like Alex Bregman. That dude is just a badass. Oh, he's he's just a phenomenal player. They have a team full of phenomenal players. I mean, Springer and Altuve and Bregman and uh, Jordan yeah. Alvarez and, and Correa. And, uh, the list just goes on and on. And then their pitching, of course, is stellar. And They're, they're, they're just a great team. I mean, if they, if they win the night, it's two titles in three years. And they're a great team. It's, it's wild what you do, or, or I guess what happens when you – hire someone to head up an athletic group that is just a capable coach and can win. <laughs> so what you're saying is when you go outside and you hire you hire someone from a successful front office and you say build a team mm-hmm. and they hire the people to do the team and they draft well and scout well and bring in their people and develop well that it works out? It does. Uh, what well, I guess what I'm saying is I don't necessarily know if Jeff Lunout really loves the Astros. He probably does now. Yeah. He probably. I mean, it, he probably didn't the day that he was hired. AJ Hinch, it, he's from Iowa, but maybe he does really love Houston, Texas. He probably does now. He probably sure. didn't really have any strong feelings one way or the other the day that he was hired. He is a he is a Stanford man. Can't go wrong hiring a Stanford man. Are you, it feels like you're getting at something. I, I mean, it feels like you're uh, you're you're maybe. trying to make an argument slowly but surely. <laughs> he was in Delta Tau Delta, so big Animal House guy. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, all right, so people don't want to hear us opine on on baseball. Um, I've got a funny feeling the Nats win the night, so we'll see. Um, and by the time people hear this, probably the game will be long over. <laughs> it feels like it's going to be a classic game, and I don't know whether that's just because it's Game 7 and I love baseball and I get giddy, I don't know. Anyway. Wait, wait so real quick, yeah. who's throwing for each team? As of this moment, it's Zach Greinke for Houston and uh, Max Scherzer for the Nationals. I haven't read anything otherwise. Ooh. I might be leaning Walgreens there. Yeah, I mean, two Hall of Fame pitchers. Yeah, 
I mean, it's just, it's classic, man. I mean, I, I, I'll watch. It'll be fun. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I swore, I swore off Major League Baseball after the Braves did what they did, but I'm going to watch. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm excited about it. Now, it it's, I, I like baseball a lot. It's fun. I like, I'll, I'll watch a lot of Major League Baseball over the course of the season, and I get to kind of know a lot of the teams and, um, the Nationals have been really good since Memorial Day, and and the Astros have been good since the first moment of spring training. And and uh, this is this is going to be fun. It'll be a fun environment, and all of that stuff. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Whoever wins is is one hell of a champ, and whoever loses put up one hell of a series. It, it's 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 going to be fun. I'm I mean I get ex- I, I you'll you'll start to experience this now that you're a dad. I I, I get excited for Carson. Mm-hmm. And he's excited, you know. He's excited to get home tonight and and uh, and from soccer and 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 get his shower real quick and and uh, get locked in. You know, I'm pumped for him because that's cool. He's 13. He's all pumped up and he likes he likes Soto and he's into the games and and it's fun. So I'm I'm excited for him as much as kind of I'm excited to get to watch it with him and he gets he's he's. He's pretty pumped. Like he begged last night, please let me stay up. I'm like, you can. And between <laughs> between innings, I was like, all right, go brush your teeth. All right, go turn your bed back. Go make sure everything's kind of done. All right, you got a couple minutes. Go do this. Go do that. And he'd come back. And as soon as it was over, I'm like, no phone, no phone. Go to bed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, anyway, yeah, I was. I told him, I said, I'm gonna let you sleep 15 extra minutes in the morning, and I'll get you up, and you'll have to hustle, but it'd be worth it. And he's like, okay, okay. And so yeah, he's excited. So I'm excited for him. It'll be fun. All right, you don't you don't. The last game seven that I was this excited about was the Cubs and Indians, and that was not as fun. So mm. so tonight, uh, tonight will be fun. When when that game seven had it ended the other way, I don't think I would have been able to sleep for a while. So let's talk some uh, Ole Miss stuff. I know it's a recruiting show. There's not a lot of recruiting to get to, and so we might get kind of general topical if you don't mind. Um, I'm still waiting for word on Matthew Morrell. I think mm-hmm. I think a decision is expected in about a week or so. I hear different things. I've heard I've heard Ole Miss. I've heard Auburn. I've heard Texas. I don't know. I think it's one of those deals where there are different people in his family who want different things, and it might come down to who gets the final say or who gets the deciding vote. Um. I, I just don't know. I don't. There, there have been different days that I would have bet on on Texas. There have been days I would have bet on Ole Miss, and there have been days I would have bet on Auburn. And so, right now, I don't know. Maybe you have a better feel for that than I do. I, I every every recruit's different, and and basketball is very different. But I tend to have a little bit of pause if. It was going to be, I'm taking my officials, and I'm going to decide after. I'm going to take them all. It's not going to matter what happens on each visit. I'm going to do all of them. And so he goes to Texas, and it's been, what, two weeks since he left? And there's yeah. still, still nothing. So to me, I feel like Ole Miss gave him a lot to think about, and Auburn jumped into it as well and is kind of muddying the waters a little bit. Um, kind of a, it's a little, the, the mud that is, it, it's, uh, pretty much only seen around 
Auburn, Alabama. It's got a greenish hue to it, but they're muddying the water a little bit. But um, I think he's got a lot to think about right now, and I think that because he didn't decide right away, I think it's kind of a toss-up, to be honest. I don't really know. Um, I guess the last kind of prediction I've seen from anybody on a website that works in recruiting uh, was for Ole Miss. But like you said, Ole Miss and this staff really wants him really bad because they want a point guard to come in for Brian Tyree when he's gone. Yes. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm willing to go fifty-fifty. But yeah, it's you know, fifty-five, sixty percent, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to go anywhere from thirty-three point three percent to fifty percent. Okay. I know that sounds like a cop out. I don't mean it to be a cop-out. I mean it to be uh, revelatory of what I hear, which mm-hmm. is it's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody knows. I do think, oh, God, I'm going to get pushed back on this. I do think if it were completely up to the kid, and this is not me implying anything. It's basketball recruiting people. Come on. I think he'd pick Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. It's, what I, it's what I believe. I wouldn't put my life on that or anything along those lines. And if someone did the you're at gunpoint thing, I, I would just say, shoot me. I don't know. I mean, I, it would be a one out of three guess. I think I would bet Auburn before I would bet Texas. I think I would bet Ole Miss before I would bet Texas. But I would not rule Texas out. So I'm somewhere between 33.3% and 50% that it's Ole Miss. Probably closer to 50 than 33.3%. But somewhere yeah. in there, I'm not. I'm not willing to discount any of the three teams. I will say this: people say, "Well, what if they don't get him?" I'm. I'm more than fifty percent sure on this. If they don't get Morell, my inclination, based on what I'm hearing, is that they will uh, keep the powder dry mm-hmm. and explore what might be available in the spring, and also give the uh, grad transfer market. An opportunity to develop. Yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll mention this too, Neil, because I when you said that Auburn had jumped back into it, I guess it was last week at some point. Yeah. Um, Auburn does have two commitments right now in the 2020 class. Both of them are guards. One is five star Sharif Cooper, who is a bona fide one and done candidate. Yeah. And then the other one is Justin Powell from Kentucky. He's a three star, but uh, both play guard. So. That could factor in here. Um, it absolutely I think, could. I think I'm with you, though. I think he, as in Matthew, wants to be close to home. He wants to be close to his family so they can come watch him play. But he also sees the opportunity, and Brian Tyree's gone after this year. Yeah, Brian's gone, and, and, and I'm not willing to rule out Devontae leaving. Yeah, that's uh, still up in the air. Devontae's father passed away uh, back a few months ago. Um, I know that the family has, uh, has been struggling to uh, – I don't want to use that word. I know the. I know it has been a, a financially trying time, as it can be when you lose a loved one and you have funeral costs and uh, those kinds of things. And so mm-hmm. I, I don't know what pressures are or are not on Devonte to to make money. Devonte is absolutely good enough right now to go to Europe and play. Oh yeah, now, Devonte wants to play in the NBA. I think if he wants to truly be an NBA guard, he's going to need another 
year or so of development as to be, to play point in the NBA, and I think if he's going to make it in the NBA, it is as a point guard. He's got the profile of a solid backup NBA point guard, and that's not meant as an insult, guys. There there are there are only so many point guard jobs in the NBA, and and he's got the profile to be a backup point guard on a on a on a team. But I think he's still got some skill set he's got to develop there. And um, he probably would need time, but he could build those skills in Spain or, or uh, Italy or Australia or, or, or a lot of places and get paid mm-hmm. to do it. So I don't, I don't, full circle on Morel. I mean, I think he looks at Ole Miss's guard situation and says, I could fit. I, I could get quick playing time. And he absolutely could. And, there's, there's no doubt that that Ole Miss wants him very much, and and to the point that I think they were willing to lose out on another, uh, another player who I think may have come, but they didn't want to take, they didn't want to close off the Morrell option until it closed itself off, and that's why I think if mm-hmm. if, they, if they don't get him, I think they uh, regroup, for lack of a better word, kind of circle back and say, okay, well, let's see what develops. We have a full roster. They like the overwhelming majority of their roster. I don't expect a ton of turnover unless, you know, there's – it doesn't appear this is going to happen. It appears that all of the news is very good as it pertains to Blake Henson, and he's going to be fine. Um, but I know at one point, you know, where th- that was – from a basketball standpoint, it was uncertain that there was some talk of, well, there might end up being a, a spot open that we didn't want to be open. You know, if, if he can't play anymore, but it appears that he will be able to play. So, my point is, is I, I, I think I think they can afford to be patient and selective. There is no desperation. They will not take a, a player just to take a player. Yeah, won't, won't do that, it. Don't need to do it, and won't do it. Exactly. I think they, uh, we, and we've talked about it ad nauseum here on the show, but they love the roster that they have right now, and. They also have limited spots. We've talked about it. Um, Jarkel Joyner is going to get um, the scholarship, and then they're going to add, you know, basically one. And if if Morell's the guy, then awesome. The staff will be pumped, and they'll start preparing for for him coming in to replace Tyree. Uh, if not, like you said, they'll either go transfer market or just wait until 2021 because I do think that they're going to get a guard in the 2021 class that. Uh, is a game changer in his own unique way. Um, and I'm talking about Deshaun Ruff, and I think he is um, not the typical size that they want, but I think that, and this is my opinion, I think he's too good of a prospect to pass up. And for uh, for the record, I asked some people about this. He and, and uh, Morell have played together before and like playing together. Some, Ooh, this, some, some, this is, something to watch. This is some telepathic segue we're having here because I was going to ask you if you thought that that would work, and yes, I do. Yes, I, I think it would. Yeah. Well, so much of Kermit's system, and frankly, a lot of systems now in basketball, are not. Um, everything's trending towards. I don't like the term positionless basketball, but there's less of a one, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the Kermit Davises of the world label guys one, two, three, four, five. But he likes his three to be able to play the two. 
He likes his two to be able to play the one, his one to be able to play the two, his fours and fives to be interchangeable. He actually likes having a four that can also sort of play the three. Um, Austin Crowley, for example, is kind of a one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Devontae came up as a two. Andy Kennedy signed him as a two, and he's now playing the one. Brian, Andy Kennedy signed him as a one and is now playing the two. Um, so you understand what I'm saying? I, I, I think the whole, well, Ruffin is a point guard. Well, yeah, he's primarily a one. And Morell's primarily a two, but they could play together and they could interchange. And, and you want that on your roster. Mm-hmm. I think the skill sets complement each other because um, Ruffin's, you know, for those that don't know, little dude, 5'10", 150 from Jackson. He goes to Callaway. But, I mean, just a walking bucket. I mean, the dude dropped 50-plus multiple times as a sophomore. He blew up on the AAU circuit. I mean, can jump out the gym. I've said he reminds me a lot of Stephon Moody. Um, but you've got a guy like him who's just super explosive, and then you've got Morell who's just very smooth, long, can really get to the rim, put it on the floor. He does everything you want a guard to do. But, I mean, I think that those two styles of play will work together because you can attack in different ways. And Kermit and the rest of the staff, I think, would love having those two kind of options because, honestly, it's kind of similar to what they have now. I mean, Tyree is, and Schuler aren't the same size as Ruffin and, and Morell, but they both play the one a little different. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to switch to football in a minute. First, I'm going to tell you that this uh, podcast is also brought to you by the College Corner. It's your one-stop Rebel Shop, now with two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland next to Fleet Feet and the new location in Flowood next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's not a problem. Visit them online, collegecornerstore.com, plus Facebook and Instagram. Don't waste your game day in Oxford stuck in traffic and long lines to get your gear. Stop by before you go. Their staff will have you in and out and on your way. The College Corner has you covered for all your tailgate and home gate needs. The largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. Again, collegecornerstore.com. We are also brought to you by the Refrigeration Company, TRC, owned and operated by Jeremy Watler. He's been in the, uh, oh, sorry, I had a contact issue there. He's been in the refrigeration field for more than 20 years, including five years as a national service manager. At TRC, they understand that great service means being responsive. Their highly trained, responsible, and dedicated staff are available 24-7 to ensure your complete satisfaction. They specialize in ammonia refrigeration, but work on any other HFC, HCFC, or CO2 systems. TRC is building winning relationships with customers in baking, cold storage warehouses, ice production facilities, and facilities serving dairy, food, poultry, and catfish processing. They're based in Spanish Fort, Alabama, but they are licensed in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, and South Carolina as well. They can handle all of your company's refrigeration needs, including installation, fabrication, service, compressor rebuilds, ammonia detection, calibration, vibration analysis, and more. To learn more, call Jeremy Watler at 251-348-8533 or email him at jeremy at com. and you can follow TRC at The Refrigeration Company on Facebook or at their website, therefridgeco.com. Not a lot of football recruiting, Zach, per se, in terms of news. I know they got a, uh, a 2021 commitment uh, day before yesterday. I've texted back and forth with him. We've yet to get on the phone with one another. Another two-sport guy, a corner, um, kind of you know, a highly ranked 
in terms of inside the state, 21 kid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, going to be a little while before he's impactful at the college level, but that class, while it's still early, they're starting to put together, you know, it's got a lot of Mississippi feel to it at this point so far. Yeah, I, I think that that commitment, although it's 2021, so it's, like you said, a little bit farther away. Uh, I do think it was one of those, and, and I'm talking about Chandler Pittman here from McGee, Mississippi. Yes. Uh, Two-sport guy, um, plays baseball, got invited to a perfect game, underclassman, showcase, uh, all-star game uh, earlier this summer. But 5'10", 160, just kind of a do-it-all kind of dude for the Trojans down in McGee. Uh, Plays some quarterback, um, and then, you know, kick return, punt return, plays defense, all that. I think this year he's primarily playing quarterback for them. Last year um, played a ton of defense, was a pretty impactful corner. But, I mean, just an electric guy. I think he ran in the 4-3-6 range laser at the camp. And then I think they – or hand time, I should say. Laser, he was low 4-4. So, just a super explosive athlete. Um, I talked to some people um, around the state. Um, he's apparently a, a really impressive student as well. Um, I think he might be hovering around the 4.0, maybe in the uh, – AP courses, maybe above a 4.0. Um, supposed to be a super smart kid. Um, but yeah, plays outfield, plays infield. Um, just kind of a typical do-it-all, two-sport star in high school. But um, Derek Nix was the primary recruiter here, and then Jacob Peeler helped as well. Um, but I think they're they're excited to see how he develops um, next year as a senior, see uh, what kind of frame he puts on. Um, just seeing uh, some pictures that he had posted on Twitter, his dad, um, well, for one, his dad has a fantastic beard, um, but his dad's taller than him, so maybe he'll grow a little bit, but yeah, just a good all-around athlete that uh, is a good get. We saw, I, I, I can grow a beard, but it drives me crazy. Like, I get three or four days in, and I'm just clawing at it. Yeah, I, I'm currently in the process of doing it. Um, it takes me a long time. But then once it's kind of here, it's not bad. Now, I will say beard oil is essential. That does help. Uh, conditioning, exfoliating the skin. And then also, I, I do think it helps with color and helps it grow a little bit. Does it feel? Does it make it feel dirty having all the oil on your face? No, it, it's actually the opposite. I think it's um, – I started growing this out because I have this thing now where um, some friends and I, we've – we went to waste management. Uh, the waste management opened last year in, uh, in Phoenix, the golf tournament. And it was a blast. And we just did it as a bachelor party. So I was naturally, well, I'm going to have a mustache while we're there because, you know, that's normally what you do. Um, so I was like, well, I'm going to do it again. So I bought some beard oil. But I, when I started growing it out again, it was super itchy and felt really dry. And then I throw that oil on there when I get out of the shower. And, I mean, it's... It, it, it's very smooth and uh, definitely makes it, you know, it's kind of like when you put conditioner in your hair, your hair feels a little more, I would, little more, I wouldn't, uh, well, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. Apologies. Um, I didn't mean to trigger you there. Let's have a moment. Uh, of silence. But <laughs> just a moment of silence to kind of let me recollect myself. Okay. And okay. All right. Continue. But yeah. So, um, I think it's, I think it, 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 it definitely works and I highly recommend it. Um, I started, doing it a couple years ago and it 
it feels better on your face. Okay. I'll say that. Okay. Part of my problem also when I grow a beard, people are like, oh, my God, I hate you right now. Uh, when, when, when I grow a beard is, <laughs> is I, I grow follically on the top of my head. I am inclined to grow the horseshoe. And I hate that with a passion that is difficult to describe. And so if I'm going to have a beard, I also have to shave my head at the same time. And I just, I've never been able to sort of get it all to the, I've never been able to kind of get, get it the way I want it to be. That makes Mm -hmm. any sense. Right. And so I end up just breaking out the razor and doing it all at once. So, yeah, I mean, all right. So big picture football. Okay. So Ole Miss, as we tape this, it is now 11.52 a.m. on October the 30th. And Ole Miss issued a press release. The news broke earlier in the day. To my knowledge, Parrish offered to the Daily Journal broke the story. I don't know. Um, speaking of mustaches, Glenn Boyce launched the uh, search. Hey for a new vice chancellor for intercollegiate athletics, in other words, the AD. The search committee will be chaired by Ole Miss alumnus. Being an Ole Miss alum is a really big deal here lately for uh, anything, which might be a clue as to where the AD search goes. I don't know. Um, And retired FedEx exec Mike Glenn of Memphis, who served as the co-chair for the director of athletics search in 2012. He also was a big, big part of the search that brought in Hugh Freeze, one might remember. Mm. The other people on that committee will be David DeLucci, former Ole Miss baseball player, Peggy Gillum Granderson, former Ole Miss basketball star, longtime coach. She lives in Oxford and serves as the Fellowship of Christian Athletes Women's Chaplain at Ole Miss. Jesse Mitchell, former Ole Miss football player, past president of the M Club, now the founding partner of the Mitchell Firm, a uh, law firm in Ridgeland. David Morris, former Ole Miss uh, football player. He's the founder of Quarterback Country, which is a uh, training and development company headquartered in Mobile. It trains NFL, college, high school, and middle school quarterbacks in 10 cities across the southeast. And uh, Ron Rischlack, the professor of uh, the Ole Miss School of Law. He's also been the faculty University faculty athletic rep and chair of the University Standing Committee on Intercollegiate Athletics since 2007. And then last but not least, uh, Wesley Walls, the former Ole Miss football player and uh, five-time pro bowler. He lives in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. He's a development partner at Colette, which is a commercial real estate firm. Uh, Archie Manning, who once played football at Ole Miss and has a couple of sons, um, actually three sons, who have uh, achieved certain levels of fame. Uh, he has agreed to serve in an advisory capacity to the committee and uh, voice. Hmm. So it's October the 30th. I know he told Chuck Roundsville on Rebel Yell Hotline. Boyce, Boyce, has, Boyce has made no secret of playing media favorites, which is interesting, but... I mean, I, why won't he come on the Oxford Exxon podcast? Oh, I, I don't blame him. Um, it, 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 he, well, honestly, because we, I think he knows that we would ask a lot of difficult questions that we would not agree beforehand to a set of questions, and that we would probably still be pretty hung up on the process. And then I think that's fair. And then I think we would skip some of the stuff and get right into. 
I think the part of getting into athletics, we would get into his thoughts on Matt Luke quickly. I would want mm-hmm. to pin him down because here's my thing as we go forward. Because one of the big questions, and it's going to be a major topic in recruiting, obviously, is what happens to Ole Miss's program on the day after Thanksgiving. Ole Miss, obviously, has, still has to play Auburn. They still have to play New Mexico State. They play LSU. They play Open Date for the second time. And then they play Mississippi State on Thanksgiving night in Starkville. And at the conclusion of that game, in all likelihood, Ole Miss's season will have complete, will have concluded. It will be over. And the next question will be, what now? So they're going to form this committee. The committee's formed. Whether, whether it's a real committee or it's not, whether they're going to do a search firm or not, I don't know. Let's just, for the sake of legitimacy, say that this is a legitimate search, and it takes okay. two it takes two weeks from today. Okay, mm-hmm. puts you at about November the twelfth, November the thirteenth. The season ends on November the twenty eighth. I think isn't that Thanksgiving this year? November twenty eighth. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is right. So you got 15, 16 days from the point that you take the job, and that's assuming that you take the job and you start instantaneously. You've got 14, 15 days to evaluate the program. That's not much. It's not much time. That's not really an opportunity to fully evaluate the program. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's conceivable that you let the, the season finish and then you sit down with the football coach the next morning in Oxford – and um, say, hey, so let's let's dive in. And at the end of the weekend, perhaps you've made a decision. One way or the other. It's my opinion that Boyce has, because of the way this timing works, that this is his call. I don't know, unless you are, unless, unless the opposite is true, and hey, look, this is Ole Miss, and nothing surprises me right now, unless it's, hey, we've already hired a guy, this is a formality. We've got to make it look legit. We're going to do this. But he's already doing it, and he's already making decisions as it pertains to the state of the football program. That, mm-hmm. is, that is certainly conceivable. But if if it's not that way, Boyce has to come out, in my opinion. You feel free to tell me I'm an idiot, okay? Because I'm, I'm open to that right now. I'm... I am a big believer in the following. If you are going to allow one game to determine the direction that you take long-term, you've already made the decision. Yeah, because, I agree. Because one game means that you're freely acknowledging that you could lose said game and that if you lose that game, you're making a change. Well, that means you've already gone so far down the change road that you should make a change. It is my opinion that unless Ole Miss has already made a decision as it pertains to the AD, who has already essentially made a decision as it pertains to the football coaching position, it is my opinion that that someone at Ole Miss, and in this case it's Glenn Boyce, needs to come out at some point in the next three weeks or so either vocally in support of Matt Luke or saying, hey, at the end of this, we're, we're going to probably move on. Yeah. 
There's silence. Just, There's silence right now. And I keep hearing from people this opinion, and it's just opinions, but it's people who are kind of informed that, boy, I think the state game's going to be really big. And it makes me kind of want to throw my head into a wall. Like, why? Why is that game so pivotal? Because let's 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 look at this big from a big picture standpoint. If you think Matt Luke is your guy, you being Glenn Boyce and the people at Ole Miss, you think Matt Luke is your guy. You like the direction of the program. No one likes who's associated with the program the the results of the scores and the win loss record. No one likes that they appear to be headed towards a five and seven or four and eight season. And look, maybe they upset Auburn. Uh, you know, it's conceivable. <laughs> Maybe they upset LSU. I, I cannot imagine that scenario. Nope. Having, having watched LSU this year, I, I don't see it. Uh, they'll beat New Mexico State. I, I, there's not going to be a big crowd there. It is going to be a a, a a tense moment from an attendance standpoint, I'm afraid. And then there's Mississippi State, who I've watched them a few times this year. And if you told me that Ole Miss beat them, I'm not at all surprised. And if you told me that Ole Miss lost to them, I'm not at all surprised. That game feels flip a coinish to me so if i'm if i'm the decision makers if i'm the powers that be at ole miss my decision as it pertains to matt luke does not hinge on the outcome of the egg bowl in any shape form or fashion i either believe based on what i've seen so far that the program is headed in the right direction and that he it's it's in the program's best interest to give him at least another year or I believe that you know what I've seen enough. I don't. I don't like. I, I I know we're better. I know the direction is is in a positive direction, but it's not going in a positive direction fast enough. And beating Mississippi State doesn't change that. I have one of those two thoughts, and that game's not swinging it. Or let me better put this before I hand this to you, Zach. I'm not letting the emotion of that game in the moment. Swing it because I do know enough to know this. If I beat Mississippi State, if I slash Ole Miss beat Mississippi State on Thursday night, that Thursday night, yeah, everybody's gonna be excited. Lots of pictures in the locker room with the with the with the trophy and cigars or whatnot. And we're gonna get back on the bus and it's gonna be a celebratory ride. And on Friday morning, it's gonna start to wear off. And by Monday, Every issue that I've been dealing with, I'm still dealing with. And now I'm out recruiting. I'm hitting the road. And with each passing day, the thrill of that victory wears in much the same way that if I've decided, hey, this is my guy, and you go to Startville, and let's say you lose 28 to 24, it's disappointing. It's kind of bitter. And it's, you wake up on Friday and you got a bad taste in your mouth. But by Sunday or Monday, you've turned your attention to recruiting and you're going, you're going. With each passing day, the the stab of that loss wears off. It hurts, but it's it, you're moving on. You're, you're getting back in the program building, which is what they've been doing. I'm back in program building mode on that Monday after after Thanksgiving, one way or the other. Does that make sense? I'm with you. With all of that, and like we talked about before we started, I think it's very simple, and I, I posed this question to you, and you obviously immediately answered the correct way, but there's no need to wait until the last game of the year to decide. If you ask yourself 
right now, is he the guy to move your program forward right now? And if you can't definitively say yes, then it's over, in my opinion. There is no, well, we kind of think he is, but we, we need to see what he does on, on November 28th. We need to see what he does down at Davis Wade. We need to see how they, they react in, in the second half when they're down 10 or down 7. You know, th- there's no need for that. Regardless of the jokes of, well, what year? Is it year one for Luke? Is it year, you know, all, there's been ample time, in my opinion, for him to prove that he is the right guy to be head coach at Ole Miss, and I just don't think he is. Okay. Whether it's in-game adjustments, whether it's in-game decision-making. Um, now, you can tip your cap, you know, whatever you want to do. He has done a really good job of hiring people on this staff. But it's still, it's not working. And, and see, if you're the decision-makers over there, and obviously you're not, and I'm not, but if you are, it's as simple as that. It, it really, now... You have to think about the money and all those things. But that's where, in my opinion, this whole, okay, we're going to get somebody hired by Thanksgiving. Okay, this is my problem with the whole Thanksgiving timetable. Is that feels so much like, hey, passing the buck. No, man, I I don't think you get to do that. I don't. I don't think Glenn Boyce gets to do that. I, 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 unless they hire somebody here, like in three or four days, where it was obvious that someone's been hired for a while. Okay. Because mm-hmm. your first first call of business is going to be deciding what you do with the football coach. That's it. It's not. It's not going to be. Hey, what are we doing about baseball? What are we doing about? Uh, uh-uh, nope, 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 nope. Football. Because if you're making a change, you are conducting a job search fast in a competitive market. And so that decision, in my opinion, is made. I, I have to believe they've already picked an AD. That's, the more I talk about it, the more I think about it, I, I have to think that this is done. I have to think it's done. Are you, it, it, are you comfortable with revealing who you think it is? Um, if you may, I, I mean, I, this is nothing more than an, a guess. It's not even an educated guess. It's the one name that stays out there all the time, and that's John Hartwell. Mm-hmm. I think John that, John Hartwell is he 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 checks a lot of their boxes. He's a name that you can sell as qualified because John's been an AD at Troy. He's been an AD at Utah State. He's done a good job at both places. He hired is, Neil Brown. He did. He is a name that uh, you that that he's been at Ole Miss before. He was the CFO uh, with Pete Boone. I think that's a real important box for Ole Miss people right now. I don't know why. I don't know why that is such an obsession. <laughs> this is not about the AD. It's just about in general is this, boy, we're this unique place. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. And I don't mean that negatively either. You're not yeah. unique. You are a flagship institution of higher learning that plays in the Southeastern Conference and plays intercollegiate athletics. That is yeah. what you are. You are in the business of recruiting young people and their parents to your school academically. And you have an athletic department that is in the business of recruiting young people to your school to be student athletes and to compete at uh, arguably the highest level of intercollegiate athletics. And you are a flagship institution. So when you say you are unique, no, you're not. 
You're like the University of Arkansas. You're like the University of Tennessee. You're like the University of Missouri. You're like the University of Kentucky. You're like the University of Alabama. You're like the University of Georgia. You're like the University of Florida. I mean, I think you kind of see where I'm going with this. You're like Louisiana State University. You're, you're like those institutions. You're very similar to those institutions. They might be a little bigger or smaller than you. They might have a little different enrollment or whatever than you. They might have different colors than you, whatever. They might have different traditions. But no, you're in the same exact business. You're not unique. Right. That's not meant as an insult. You're not unique. Mm-hmm. Well, to, to, to operate in Mississippi, to recruit to Mississippi, you've got to understand Mississippi. It's utter bullshit. <laughs> I, I, somebody... I mean, allow me to finish. That. that is crap, man. That is so stupid. It's insulting to all intelligence. It is a cop-out of, of, of massive proportion. No, if you can coach... If you can be a successful college football coach, you can be a successful college football coach anywhere. Because it's all yeah. the same stuff. It's it's what is it? It's assembling a staff, it's assembling the right people around you, it is building a culture, it is the ability to sell your vision and sell your program and sell yourself to young men and their families to entrust them to come to play at your school. And so it's my opinion that if you can win at, give me a school, Cincinnati, you can win at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. If you can win at uh, Florida State, you can win at Texas. You either can win or you can't win. And there are, there are exceptions to that where a guy was a bad fit somewhere. But for the most part, look, there's a lot of difference between Utah, Florida, and Ohio State. Urban Meyer won at all of them. He bad mm-hmm. dude. I don't like him. He won. Uh, there's a big difference between. I'll give. I'll give you. I'll one. give you one. Vanderbilt and Penn State. Big difference. Won at both of them. Yeah. He's good. Bad dude. Good coach. Hey, here's one. Dan Mullen, it's coached great. at Mississippi State, coached at Florida. He's from New Hampshire. Great example. Same thing with it's a great same example. thing with same thing with Chip Kelly. Now he sucks at UCLA. When he was at Oregon, a New Hampshire guy. Yeah, the game finally passed him by. He got old and it got away mm-hmm. from him. Uh, it helps helps to have Phil Knight there. I'll it, give him that. It does. But yeah, but that's but you, but you get my point. He's but you're recruiting. Dan Mullen was recruiting kids to Mississippi to Starkville, Mississippi, which I've never been to New Hampshire, but it, it's it's got to be different. Mm-hmm. Did it? I'd venture to say. He did it. He's a good coach. He's a good recruiter. You can talk about what a person he is. I don't care. You, yeah. You, I mean, you know, you, you, if you can recruit, you can recruit. Les Miles is now recruiting to Kansas, which is a complete different place from Oklahoma State, a complete different, even more different than LSU. He's, I, he's a good coach. I keep, I keep People keep asking me that question when they ask me, who do you want to hire? And I give them names that aren't from the area or from Mississippi. Well, can they? Well, can they recruit? They're going to be able to get. You know what? You know what's going to help recruiting? Winning. And if you hire somebody that can win, I guarantee your recruiting will be fine. You got to hire somebody, whoever this is, and, and this this applies to Matt Luke too. You've got to hire somebody who can inspire. You've got to hire somebody. It's like running a business. When you're out, mm-hmm. in, when you're recruiting people to work for you, when you're recruiting investors to invest their money in your startup. 
You've got to sell them on a vision. You've got to sell them on a passion. You've got to sell them on a, on a, a plan, a plan of action. Man, we make this football thing, because it's football, so much more complicated than it is. It's just football. I mean, it's, it's, and, and so that's when people go, well, you boys, you got to win at Ole Miss, Neil. I get this one all the time. I'm sure you do too. To win at Ole Miss, you got to have like a gimmick. Why? Yeah. I'd, Why? The football field's uh, 100 yards long. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, use, I, I might do the same size football. I might do in the Hoosiers thing. Wait, let's go measure the goalpost. Let's measure the field. Yeah, but you can't get those. Why? Why can't you? Because here's the truth. Tommy Tuberville was getting those kind of players. Huh? Ed Orgeron started getting those kind of players. Hugh, Hugh Freeze started getting some of those kind of players. You can get those players. Mm-hmm. You got to have a... Probably the, probably the most... The best example of all examples for this, and I know he's the greatest to ever do it. Nick Saban, from West Virginia, went to college in Ohio... Won at Michigan State, LSU, and now he's winning at Alabama. It doesn't matter. I'm a Louisiana boy. Nick Saban, I've met him, covered him some, is so polar opposite of the Louisiana culture. South Louisiana culture, and I love it. I'm I'm not making fun of it either. I mean, this is a compliment. It's it's laid back. Laissez la bon temps roulé, right? I mean, just, hey, chill. Going to be all right. They don't pack the spring game. Ever. <laughs> Come on. It's a spring football game. We're gonna go we're gonna go drink beer. It's the mm-hmm. weekend. I'm gonna get on the lake, go get on the bayous, gonna go to the gonna gonna go crawfishing. Gonna gonna go gonna go to the parade. They, I mean, you know, they they shut the state down for a month every year to have parades. I mean it's kinda laid back. Nick Saban's not laid back. It worked. Because he'd work anywhere. That's my point. Go if if you decide to go down that path, you got to go down that path and go get. Don't get so hung up on. You know, we got to have an AD who's been here. We got to have. And I'm not saying John Hartwell's not a good candidate. Because if he is, he is. But my question would be, and if the answer is affirmative, go for it. Okay. If his resume, instead of saying Ole Miss, said, I don't know, one of those other SEC schools I just named. Would he be your guy? And if the answer is yes, then go get him. Go do it. Have at it, man. Go get it. Go get it done now. If the answer is, well, I don't know, that's different. Well, then you need to you need to keep searching. Mm-hmm. And again, I know that's going to come out. People are going to spend this. Because I've played this game now for 11 plus years. McCready said, I didn't say that. I was very clear. If that's your guy, go get him. But I wouldn't make that a prerequisite. Being tied to Ole Miss, I wouldn't care. And my two examples that I'd use would be the baseball coach and the basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Kermit Davis not tied to Ole Miss. Now, I know he's a Mississippi guy, and his dad coached at at, at, at State and uh, all that. I dare, he went to State. I dare say Kermit Davis didn't, quote, love Ole Miss, end quote, before taking the no. job. I'm, 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 I have, I've never asked Kermit that. I could be wrong. And I'm sure now I would get a very nuanced answer. 
I'm sure now I would get a very well. I always respected Ole Miss, and you know I knew a lot of people there, and really had a had an appreciation for the state, and blah 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 blah. But yeah, 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 yeah. But did you love it? I mean, the truth answer would be no. Yeah, no. Mike Bianco played it. He's played at LSU from Florida, I think. Hey, mm-hmm. Mike, did you love Ole Miss when you took the job? The day you took the job, did you love Ole Miss? Well, I always had a respect for the school, and we played up their butt. No, no, no. Did you love it? Well, no. Kind of worked out. The whole love Ole Miss thing and 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 all that stuff. I'd I'd dismiss that stuff. I'd throw it so far off. That's my only thing. People ask. I've already got a couple questions. What do you think about the committee? You know what the committee lacks? Best I can tell. Hand raised guy. Just the, uh, the the one person in there to go, hey, if this person didn't have Ole Miss ties, would we be looking at them? Because if the answer is yes, then cool. Do you do you think Delucci would be that guy? I don't know. I mean, I don't know him well enough, but I I feel like just from I don't know him at, at all, but just seeing him on television and how he and he was on y'all's podcast before, he it's pretty sure maybe yeah strikes me as a guy that might raise his hand and say, hey Jesse Mitchell, I don't know. Jesse Mitchell might be hand raised guy. Yeah, um, I very, just, very successful attorney. Yeah, I would just want the person who's willing to say that. That would be the big thing if I were – look, I don't want to be on a committee. Don't get me wrong. But if I were on that committee, that's what I would be saying repetitively to the point of pissing people off probably would be if this person didn't have Mississippi ties, would we be looking at them? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, awesome, all the better. But if the answer is well, probably not, well, then why are we doing this? We've got to get out of this we're unique thing. You're yeah. not unique. You're in the same exact business as these other schools. Well, you know, Mississippi has a unique history, and, and yeah, yeah, you got to move past that, man. Mm-hmm. You got to – I would be like, yeah, we're not, we're not talking about that anymore. I, my attitude would literally be we're not talking about any of that stuff anymore. <laughs> I mean, the Dallas Chamber of Commerce doesn't say, welcome to Dallas. Now, 50-something years ago, a president was assassinated here, and, and it was bad. Now, let me tell you about what's – no, they just move on. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't live in the past. You have to move on from it. And I know people say, well, that's part of the reason Boyce got the job is so that the university will stop apologizing for the past. Cool. Well, then carry that all the way through. Move forward. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, hell, at this point, it, it's 2019. Everybody has Google. If there's something bad, people are going to find it on the internet. You don't have to remind everybody constantly. Whoever the new uh, AD is, if he ever ventures to uh, the Memphis area and he has dental needs, he should call Elite Dental Care with offices throughout West Tennessee in Germantown, Jackson, and Trenton. Elite Dental Care has five doctors, more than 75 years of combined experience, and with their different areas of expertise, the doctors at Elite Dental Care offer convenience along with the latest in technology. In addition, Elite Dental Care is a family practice, so the entire family can be seen no matter age or severity of problems. Elite Dental Care focuses on staying up to date on all the latest technology, including intraoral cameras, digital x-rays and impressions, 3D x-rays, and more. The TVs and radios in every room, patients have the comfort of home, all while they receive the most modern technological treatment that includes both conscious sedation and IV sedation. Uh, Elite Dental Care really focuses on getting as much work done in one visit 
ultimately saves the patient time and money. So if you're looking for a dentist in West Tennessee or the Memphis area, call Dr. Mark Harper, Dr. Clint Buchanan, and Dr. Mike Farah at Elite Dental Care. To reach them, go to EliteDentalCare.com or follow them on Facebook and or Instagram. Um, I guess that kind of, I don't know, you got anything else you want to you get to? I, I was going to say, I'll leave you with this. You made your prediction, I guess, whatever you want to call it, Hart, John, Hart, John Hartwell for AD. Okay. I'll throw this out there. Okay. His, his football coach last season, Matt Wells, who is now at Texas Tech, went 10-2 and for Utah State. And then his basketball coach, Craig Smith, went 28-7 and and made it to the NCAA tournament after winning the regular season and conference tournament title. So, not bad. No, I think John is, is a very capable AD. I hope that it didn't come across the wrong way. I was using him as an example of mm-hmm. how my mindset would be. Because when I get into the – if I, because at some point, whether it's this year or next year or four years from now or eight years from now, at some point you're going to have to search for a new football coach. Yep. Safe bet. At some point in the next, I don't know, 10, 15 years, you're going to search for a basketball coach. At some point, you're going to have to search for a baseball coach. You're going to have to search for a tennis coach, a volleyball coach, or whatever coach because coaches move on, coaches get fired, coaches get sick, life happens. My philosophy is always, if I'm the AD, you get the best person. I'm not worried, Absolutely. About, not worried about geography. If you can coach, pick a sports. I don't feel like I'm picking on somebody. Um, Track. If you can coach track, you can coach track. If you can evaluate runners and javelin throwers and such, you can evaluate runners and javelin throwers and such. If you can recruit a track player or track person to Oregon, you can recruit a track person to Mississippi. It's your ability to sell yourself, to sell your program, to inspire passion, to get people excited. I've gone on college visits where academically where they didn't do a good job and my kid was bored and I knew no chance and I've gone on college visits where they captivated my kid and I knew uh oh <laughs> it's the same thing in life you've when someone's trying to sell you something they're selling more than just the product I mean you know they're selling a story they're selling themselves they're selling the brand that's that's the same thing in in coaching. Mm-hmm. It's all business. It's business. It's sales. It's not. It's not that you. And when I say it's not unique, it's not my way of saying it sucks. No, I think Mississippi's great. I actually think it could. I think it's a sleeping gem. I think Ole Miss is a beautiful campus. It's a great place with wonderful people. That's that's the thing that. But you know, but but Alabama's a great place with wonderful people. I mean, and and so everybody's got good stuff. You got to be able to sell it. You got to be able to be more passionate. It's the one thing, frankly, that I think Ole Miss has been hurt by the most in this in this void of years now between the Vitter thing and Ross Bjork leaving for Texas A and M is that there's been no message. Yeah, that's. I think that's the main reason for the. The apathy in the fan base, the lack of 
you know, people at football game, the the attendance being down. I mean, that's the att- attendance is down everywhere, but I think it's hurting Ole Miss, especially because people are just waiting on someone to take charge and to change things because it's just kind of the, well, this is what we've always done, so let's just keep doing it, and it's not working. No, and you got to have somebody. Look, whoever this AD is, he or she has to walk in and it's not really about winning the press conference, but you do need to win the press conference. They need somebody who can be articulate. They need somebody who can be passionate, who can get people excited. I watched some of these baseball press conferences, new managers. I mean, if you're an Angels fan, Joe Madden comes in and starts talking and you're like, kind of get the warm fuzzies. Yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. He won in Tampa. He won in Chicago. He can win here. And if you're an Angels fan, you're like, yeah, that's good. I'm, 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 I'm keeping my tickets. If you're a Cubs fan, you know, when David Ross got introduced and he said, look, I know this Grandpa Rossi thing is a cute narrative and it's been good for me and I've played along with it and it got me on Dancing with the Stars and some stuff like that. And But, y'all, that's not who I am. Let me tell you who I am. And then he proceeded to tell people who he was. I'm a Cubs fan. And I was like, yeah, okay sold in went from no I'm not going to the Cubs convention to hey Carson you want to go in <laughs> you got to have you got to have that someone that that that's I think fans want that frankly I think in today's market fans deserve that you got to you got to tell them I'm I'm a big believer in transparency it's why I think if this athletics director if if he or she combined with Glenn Boyce make the decision that Matt Luke deserves more time certainly a decision that's within their prerogative to make if they disagree with you and they say no you know what I I still believe he is our guy if you do believe that then you, it's time that somebody come out and say that with some passion with some resolve and if no one's willing to do that it's over decisions made but this dancing in no man's land is just purgatory. And this is where you get into that cliche. Clichés stick around for a reason. You know, Zach, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. You're never staying the same. Mm-hmm. When you're in purgatory and it feels like you're staying the same, no, you're sliding. You're going backwards. Oh, yeah. You're going backwards. You might not feel it, but you're going backwards. So they've they've got to reverse that course. Here soon. And so maybe today with the, the, with the establishment of a committee or whatnot, maybe that's the beginning. But I, I hope for the school's sake that, and for the program's sake and for whatever decisions they make, I hope whoever does it. It's why the, the chancellor thing was so mishandled. It, it's not that Glenn Boyce is a horrible candidate or whatnot. I mean, who, who knows? But if Glenn Boyce was your guy, you got to announce him with more. What's that line in Bull Durham? Announce your presence with authority. Mm-hmm. Announce your presence with authority. Don't come in timid. Hey, we'll we'll take one from our buddy Andy Kennedy. Justify your existence. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I I can't believe I'm going here as we finish up. My my family watches a lot of baseball that they probably don't really want to watch, and so every once in a while I'll watch <laughs> that Dancing with the Stars show with them. Mm-hmm. And these people, and it's look, it's not a bad show. It's pretty entertaining. Is a reason it gets ratings and sticks around all these years. One of the things some of the judges always say is, is don't be timid. 
In fact, they were telling that Hannah Brown that just the other day, the girl that was on the Bachelor Bachelorette, um, she did a dance, and they were like, you know, technically it was pretty good, but you're not letting yourself get out there. You're not letting people know you and stuff. And they, don't be timid. Get into it. Let us see your soul. People make fun of Saban when he does his little rants with the media and stuff, and a lot of them are contrived. <laughs> but in those moments, sometimes you see who Nick Saban is. I feel like I kind of know who Nick Saban is. Ed Orgeron the other day, there was a moment at the end of that, it came out, the video clip came out today of Ed Orgeron finding those two Auburn defensive linemen and saying, first round pick, first round pick, you are, you're good, you're good. I told you in recruiting, you're good, I'm proud of you. What you saw right there is, hey, you did though, Zach, you got a glimpse of, that's who Ed is. That's who mm -hmm. he is. He's this guy that goes into the living rooms and he's this big, gregarious, recruit like a madman sort of guy. And he's telling these kids, Derek Brown and, and uh, the other, I can't think of the other one's name, sorry. Marlon uh, Davidson. Yeah, yeah, those two. He's telling them, hey, I, just like I told you in the living room, I told you we're recruiting. You're going to be a first round pick. You are. You're good. I mean, that's, that's who he is. We got mm -hmm. that, That's authentic. That's authentic. And and that's that's what that's what you got to have. Um, it's quite frankly, it, it's it's why Hugh Freeze worked at first because he came in with this passion and and he was authentic and that's who he was and and we're gonna do it and we're gonna go big game hunting and all that stuff and he basically got people excited because he said I'm I'm I think we can win here. People got yeah. tired of David Cutcliffe here because David Cutcliffe I don't, I don't think believed you could win big here. They 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 vocally got tired of Houston Nutt because Houston Nutt basically said you can't win big here. He basically held the press conference where he fired himself and he said, "Hey, we went to back to back Cotton Bowls. What do you expect?" I don't know. Back to back to back Cotton Bowls. That you mm -hmm. that you're pissed off that you're not good. <laughs> that you're upset. That you have some passion that you believe. Yeah. I mean, Kermit Davis walks in day one. Goes, what's your What's your goal for year one? I mean, I remember thinking you're crazy when he goes, "Oh, our goal is the NCAA tournament." I was like, "Ain't no way, champ! <laughs> no, I just covered this last team. No way, uh, uh." Because that year before, they were the worst team in the league. It wasn't close. Passion. Now look at him. Now look at him. You got to. But, but Kermit has Kermit knows what he's doing. He has an identity and he's going and, and, and there's a there's a purpose. And he got a question the other day. Hey, what are you trying to look out of the first month of the season? And it's a good question. You know, are you trying to figure out your rotation? Are you trying to kind of figure out your identity? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, look, I'm to win. going to win, win games. Win games. I want wins. That's the message that gets put in that locker room too. Hey, hey, baby, we're. We're here to win today, and we're here to win tomorrow, and we're here to win the day after that. We're here to win. We're not. We're not dancing. It's just a different deal. I, I don't know. I, I've, I've rambled on and on and on, and I know this is a recruiting podcast, but in many ways, it's what I. It's and this isn't about Matt Luke or or one way or the other. I just I firmly believe that if Matt Luke's the guy for Ole Miss moving forward, that they've got to change their messaging a little bit and someone's got to help him. They've got to, someone in a leadership capacity has to come out and go, hey, look, we're, we're nowhere close to giving up on this. Uh-uh. We're moving forward. S sell it. 
with something different than a cliche, some some conviction. And if you and, if, and I'll I'll finish. I'll stop. I'll start rambling. If, if if no one over there feels that way and is willing to do that, then your decision's made. And don't run the risk of going. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Let's see what happens on Thanksgiving night. And if he wins that game, I mean, you know. Say you're down 23 to 20 and the Mississippi State kid fumbles the ball on a wet night and, and Lakia Henry picks it up and runs it back for a touchdown and you win. So that one play changed everything? Changed how you feel about the whole program? Because if that did, then, uh, man, you're a joke. So, yeah. Anyway. I'll, I'll say this and then we, we can we can head out. Okay. You, you, you say that people think Ole Miss needs a gimmick or they need some they need to be cute to win. Well, say what you will about where he's from or where he was born, um, or what kind of ties he had to the school. But Hugh Freeze was an outsider, quote unquote, because he went to Southern Miss. He didn't go to Ole Miss. Yeah, and he came in and <laughs> through all of his flaws, every single one of them, he believed that he could win big at Ole Miss. And when somebody told him he couldn't. He said, oh, bullshit, you watch. And no matter how he got there, he did. Oh, no, I give him a ton of credit for his first three seasons. He so, is, is a, a phenomenal job, and had he just been able to control some of the other stuff, he'd probably still yeah, be here. And Absolutely. Uh, you know, it'd be a different deal. But, yeah, but yeah, you. it's why the, when, people's, the, when people ask, can you win big at Ole Miss? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. The point is, yeah, the point is it can be done. Yeah, it's the same thing at Mississippi State. People go, well, Mississippi State can't win big. Yep, they already did. I looked back a couple years ago, and they were number one in the country on November the 14th. Of course they can win big. Had a really good coach, had an NFL quarterback, had some NFL defensive players around. Yeah, you can win big. You can win big at Ole Miss. You can win big at Mississippi State. Yeah. You can. It can be done. It can be done. You win big at Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas was a Clint Sterner fumble 20 years ago from being a national title contender. Absolutely. Bobby Petrino won big there. Yeah, you can win big at most any place. But the only place in this league that you can't win big in football is Vanderbilt and probably Kentucky. Probably can't win big at either one of those two places. You can win big anywhere else. Steve Spurrier won big at South Carolina. That's a good example. Steve Spurrier won big at Duke. Steve Spurrier won big at Florida. And Steve Spurrier won pretty damn big at South Carolina. You mm-hmm. win. It, it, it's about people. It's about three, people. It's about people. Three straight 11-win seasons. Is that any good? It's, uh, yeah, come on. <laughs> it's about people. It's about being able to have talent, surround yourself with good people, have a vision that you can sell to, to be able to articulate that passion, to be able to, to, uh, I'll tell you, I'll stop with this. We've started being able to move this podcast thing forward. And a lot of it was when I got comfortable with selling and when I got comfortable telling people, here's why I think you ought to advertise on this show. Here's why I think you ought to do this. This is why it's going to work. When I got out of my own, way and started to believe in it a little bit it's one of the things i think frankly i I mean if i were advising matt my advice to matt would be be yourself whatever whatever that is man be you be authentic don't worry about what everybody be you whatever that is yeah all right zach we'll stop there Uh, i know that your wife's probably ready to hit me so i'm glad that i'm not in the room and that you are so um Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week on another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast. Don't forget, deadsoxy.com. Enter the promo code Rebel Grove. Get 30% off all orders. For Zach, I'm Neil. Until next time, take care.